But first, Nikola has once again found itself dealing with more trouble, this time on the financial side. Alan Adler is here with an update for today's top story. Alan, thank you for joining us. The Nikola saga just keeps on going. And what's happening now? Well, it's a continuation, really, Kayla. You've got two stories with Nicola. You've got the production story, which is, you know, happening. We wrote about that a couple of weeks ago out from Arizona for a visit there. Uh, a real plant, real products, and, you know, real progress, I, I would say. But on the financial side, they're racing the clock, and they're running out of money. They're running out of options to get money, and 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 it's looking increasingly doubtful that the company will make it, but it could, and it's defied a lot of uh, naysayers over the last few years. So there's always a chance that, that you know it, it could be to lose a cliche, use a cliche, a hail mary. But right now, uh, Nikola is trying to raise a hundred million dollars. They're pretty sure they can do it because uh, you know they've they've listed a, a public stock offering at a dollar twelve a share. I mean, when you think about a company that once traded in the 70s selling itself at a dollar 12 it's it's kind of scary really however um, this offering is a little interesting in that it's not all going to go to the public there's about 25% that will be sold to the public and 75% to a hedge fund called Antara Antara Capital Antara is interesting because they were a, a holder of debt at Workhorse uh, a number a couple of years ago and until new management came into Workhorse, uh, they sort of held the, the the purse strings, if you will, in terms of what the company could do. Um, the new management there basically, you know, took care of it and got Antara out of the picture. But they're a risk-based uh, hedge fund, and obviously the risk is is high right now at Nikola. They they are very low in cash. Uh, I think I read over the weekend that their burn rate is almost two million dollars a day, and they only have call it two hundred and 25 or $230 million in cash left. So not only do they need to make this offering work um, and get the $100 million in to you know, sort of keep going, um, they're going to need to go back to their shareholders in June at the annual meeting and ask again for an increase in what's called share authorization. In other words, they want to create more shares so that they can continue to sell into the market, albeit at these discounted prices, um, you know, to keep going. I mean, it, the question I asked Michael Olshower uh, a week or so ago when I talked to him, the CEO, I said, how do you get from here to there? And I think that's really the, the question that's facing, uh, facing Nikola now. So when it comes to production, they're really putting out only one to two vehicles per day out of their plant out there in Coolidge, Arizona. And the story that you wrote last week talking about Kim Brady and his decision to leave the company and step down coming up later this month, spoke about how the profits coming from producing just those two slim numbers of trucks a day just isn't simply adding up, right? It is more expensive right now for Nikola to source its materials and to just simply assemble the trucks than it is. They're not they're not turning a profit on these, right? What does this looks oh. like look like as far as orders go? Because it, for a while, their order books were pretty padded. There, there are orders for sure. And last week, Nicola said that it has now 100 orders for fuel cell trucks, because really, when we talk about Hail Marys, it's the fuel cell truck that's going to make the difference for these guys. Um, the, the addition of a battery electric truck was kind of late in the game, really. It wasn't in founder, uh, founder, uh, Trevor Milton's original plan, except for Europe, but, but now it's become the first truck that they've done. They've built over 300 of them so far. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many are in customer hands at this point, because between a pretty good stack of them out at the plant in Coolidge, Arizona, and uh, holding at dealerships, um, you know, you've got to get uh, enough of an infrastructure out there to be able to charge them. 
And uh, so it's slow going. And this is not Nicholas' fault. This is just the business that it's in. Um, the the question, though, about hydrogen and hydrogen trucks is, you know, uh, if you've got 100 orders, and let's say these are $750,000 a piece, you're not going to turn a profit on them, certainly, but mm-hmm. you are going gen- to generate significant revenue. And that will allow you to have, you know, better terms in terms of borrowing money to keep going and things like that. Startup is a very hard business. And that's an understatement. No kidding. The understatement of the quarter for sure, Alan. Speaking of Kim Brady, that decision of his to leave at the end of the month has a lot of us now questioning if we could see other leadership shakeups at Nikola as well. You mentioned that you spoke to Michael O'Sheller, the CEO. Did he give any insight on what he thought about Brady's decision to depart and if that could also come with maybe some other top leadership leaving? No, he didn't talk about Kim Brady. Uh, I didn't ask him, quite honestly. I, 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 we knew for a while Kim was on his way out. I mean, it, there's been criticism of his of his approach. Uh, you know, there's some who think that Nikola needed to make a much bigger move than than these incremental moves where they've you know kind of set up uh, equity uh, deals where they could you know sell shares to like Tuman Cap uh, Tuman uh, Capital and some other things. They've got this thing with Antara that I mentioned. Um, but there's, there's thoughts that they needed a big play. And I think, I think Kim Brady saw the writing on the wall and, you know, he retired. So let's leave it at that. But I don't really know if that was maybe his first choice of what to do. But I think that the board perhaps was losing patience with him in terms of, you know, bold moves and, and the need to do something big. Um, as for the CEO job, no, I think Hochschiller is there, you know, for, for better or worse, because he replaced Mark Russell uh, mm-hmm. in September. And uh, so we're probably not looking at a CEO change. As far as anything else down the line, they, they did change the head of energy from, uh, uh, from uh, Pablo... Uh, uh, mm. Sorry, I forgot his last name for the moment. Nice man. Um, to Kerry uh, Mendez, uh, who is a former BP official. And I continue to think that BP is a potential white knight of sorts uh, for Nikola in terms of either station development, you know, hydrogen stations, or perhaps something bigger. I think the problem that Nikola faces, uh, Kaylee, is that it doesn't really have a lot of IP of its own. It, it assembles a lot of things and it brings together a lot of things. They do have expertise in controls, uh, you know, software controls and, and things like that. And some of their uh, interior components are all theirs and are patented. But by and large, they buy from others and they assemble. So the idea of someone coming in to take that kind of operation, it just doesn't seem to, to, to make a lot of sense when you're not going in and getting, you know, kind of an IP rich organization going to be interesting to watch. And of course, the saga continues as Trevor Milton awaits sentencing to be happening in June of this year. Let's move on really quickly. Alan, you've got some other news with Cummins that just broke this morning. Billion dollar investment going on on that side of things. What's happening? Yeah, it's what a great day to announce it because you've got President Biden coming to one of their plants in Minnesota later today for a visit. So it's a good day to announce that you are investing in in the uh, decarbonization of, of energy. And, and Cummins clearly is doing that. And most of this is just putting numbers to things they've uh, previously announced, but it's still a, a good a, a, a good move forward for them. Uh, the other piece of news this morning um, is that Aurora Innovation is saying, we are now ready, uh, we'll be ready by the end of the year to go uh, fully driverless, uh, you know, and then on a commercial basis in Texas uh, at the end of 2024. Uh, they, the term they use is called feature complete. We've written about it and maybe even joked about it a little bit, but basically their checklist is done. They're ready now to, uh, you know, go through validation and start running trucks without drivers between Dallas and Houston in 2024. 
Where does that put them in the competition space? Are they going to be the first ones to be dri- completely driverless out in that area? Well, I mean, too simple got that. They did it in December 2021, and they've done it a few times since. They're going to take that route uh, that, that they ran in, in, in those pilots, and they're going to develop that into a commercialized route uh, in 2024 as well. So I'm not sure who gets there first. But I think what you're seeing is that even though there are some, some slowdowns in getting some of these components that they need to, to make the trucks redundant, you know, without a driver, you've got to have a backup system that is not a driver. Uh, even though there's some slowdowns there, these guys are moving ahead and they're getting, they're getting to the point where they'll be able to, to sort of baby step their way into commercialization. Don't look for hundreds of trucks, look for a few trucks on very specific lanes um, by the end of next year getting real for these autonomous companies out there. Alan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Of course, we can catch your content up on FreightWaves.com. And we've got Truck Tech this week on Wednesday, right? Um, actually, I think we do. Well, we do every Wednesday, of course. Um, but yes, I look forward to people tuning in there. And we've got a, a month in April of uh, CEOs and uh, a, a nice lineup this month coming up. Great, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Right now, we're going to toss things over to the wall. We've got our first carrier update of the morning with Tony Mulvey and Donnie Gilbert.